Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy-related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to Nedra Tawab. This is such an exciting episode for me to talk to you all about healthy boundaries and self-care. Nedra Glover Tawab is a licensed therapist and sought-after relationship expert. She has practiced relationship therapy for 12 years and is the founder and owner of the group therapy practice, Kaleidoscope Counseling. Every day, she helps people create healthy relationships by teaching them how to implement boundaries. Her philosophy is that a lack of boundaries and assertiveness underlie most relationship issues, and her gift is helping people create healthy relationships with themselves and others. Nedra is a New York Times bestselling author, a licensed therapist, and all-around badass. We'll link a... Uh, direct link to her book and workbook and can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Tune in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Nedra Tawab in the house. Welcome. Thank you so much. I am, I'm really pumped to have you on my podcast. I feel lucky I'm pinching myself. I really respect you and your work. And I know my listeners are stoked to learn from you. So maybe give us a brief bit about um, how you got to this point, who you are, why you're in the mental health game. So I am a human who is also a therapist, author, a content creator, and many, many other things. I started creating mental health and relationship content on Instagram in 2017 after seeing so many of my clients just swiping, swiping, swiping as they waited in the lobby for their therapy appointment. I am not a social media or I hadn't been a social media user, but in working with people, it is a huge part of the discussion. And so I thought, how can I go on here and create something different than what people are saying, help them to have a different experience with social media and just spark some light, bring some people to therapy. I love that. Mm -hmm. It worked out for you all right. 
It did work out. Yeah. You just published your book not too long ago. Tell us about that. Yes. So my book is Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And it's so interesting because people are like, how did you get into boundaries? And I'm like, how do we not get into boundaries? Life (laughs) is so much about boundaries. Therapy is so much about us teaching people about boundaries. As therapists, we are using more clinical terms. We are helping them with behavior modification. We are helping them with shifting their thought process, you know, getting rid of that stinking thinking and all of those sort of things. And a lot of that work is really about around boundaries. And so what I did was consider so much of the work that I've done over the years and how that really relates to this concept that we are not very good at this practice that we need to be more consistent with, because I do think that, you know, setting healthy boundaries is a practice. It is a lifelong practice. You will not master it. You will not become the boundary guru. It's like you will continuously be setting boundaries and learning how to do it, what to say, and all of those very important things. So this book was really a manifestation of the work I've done as a therapist and the work that I think we need to continue to do as humans. Mm. Are you still doing therapy? Yes. I love it. Yep. I, I love it. Tell me what, yeah. Like what do you teach your clients, right? Like if you're doing therapy still and you have a book on boundaries, like you're the queen, you know, you know how to teach this. Like what are people learning from you in the therapy office? Hmm. Many of my clients, I've had them for a few years now, and so they are able to self-correct and process. Mm. So it's a lot of, I did this, and I think I should have done that, or I said this, and I wonder, um, how can I phrase it differently next time? I felt this, and I'm okay with that. So a lot of my clients are in this sort of growth phase. I do have some where we are continuously you know, setting some boundaries. There are times of year that bring up, you know, certain boundary issues. Holidays are a big one. Um, When people have life transitions, getting married, having babies, and that's when we really start to talk about the boundaries. But in general, the issues that they came into therapy with are no longer the topics we're discussing. It has evolved to you know, many different things. So a lot of the teaching is around now self-acceptance, normalizing human experience, because so many of us don't know that we feel the same things. And it is my job to let people know that what you're feeling is normal. It makes sense to be upset about that. And, you know, I tell stories and I, 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 use examples from, you know, just the many things on TV and all of these sort of things. And I say, you know, we have so many experiences and we don't fit into a box. And really therapy is about learning to understand that you are bigger than what you think. It's not hard to like even realize we're thinking and then to like catch that and to be like, we aren't this thing. We're bigger than this. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we live and breathe this work it's our career, but like, how do we get people to to understand we aren't our thoughts and begin to like do that work of self-acceptance and boundaries? What helps people catch their thoughts? Practice. 
I do it a lot in the in the therapy room. When my clients say certain things, I'll say, eh, you know, that might be a way you talk to yourself outside of this space, but I don't want to hear you saying things like that to yourself. And they're like, oh, I did just say that. Yeah, don't say it anymore. It's not cute. You know, so correct. <laughs> It makes your lipstick look funny when you say that about yourself. Don't you do that anymore. You want your lipstick to always look perfect. Don't say that. But it's really important to show people like when they're doing things, because so often when we are with ourselves, we're being ourselves, even if that self is something we don't want to be. And so in therapy, we have this opportunity to point out huh, you're wondering what I'm thinking about you. I wonder if you do this with other people. Tell me why it's important that you know what I'm thinking about you in this moment. There are so many opportunities for us to practice what people can do in their real lives in the therapy room. Mm. You are preaching that good word right now. If you've, if y'all listening have never gone to therapy, like really that is the magic. Like what happens between you and your therapist is this little microcosm of the rest of your life. And if you're like worried what your therapist thinks about you, you're probably also doing that in your real life. And if you can work that out with your therapist, then the theory is then you can practice outside of that therapy room. So I love how you're approaching this with your clients. That's, I think that's like the whole point. Are you still seeing clients? You know what? I'm not, I'm not doing therapy anymore. I'm doing, um, I have like a couple coaching clients, but I mostly do business coaching for other people now. Okay. But I love therapy and I miss therapy. And you know, what's funny is I feel like I scaled my business out of doing therapy. And now my goal is if I'm really successful, I'm going to be able to just do, I'm going to be able to do therapy again one day. So I love hearing your thoughts on that process. And I miss that, you know, one-on-one back and forth, that vibe. That when you feel that magic in the therapy room, oh, there's nothing. I love that. Tell us, you know, I'm sure you've caught all these patterns and I'm sure you talk about it in your book, but give us a couple like insider tips. Why aren't we setting boundaries? Why don't we want to set boundaries? What what stops us? We do want to set boundaries. The biggest thing that stops us is how other people might feel about those boundaries. Children, bless their little hearts. They will say anything that they're thinking because they don't understand or they haven't started to care so much about what other people think. Like my kids will say stuff and they'll say, I'm just being honest. And I'm like, you are. You're right. (laughs) You're right. It sounds terrible to me, but you're right. You're just being honest. You just said that thing that, you know, the world does is not like, whoa, why does she say that? It's like, she is just being honest. She has called what she saw a thing, right? Like, oh, this person is that. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I like this person better because they bring me gifts. I'm like, oh my gosh, did you just say that? (laughs) So it's like, there is this purity, like what they say. And I think about us all being that way at some point. And some of that is still necessary, not to that extent that we don't consider people at all, but that we consider them and consider ourselves. So what is the harmony between like 
what we need to say and what we need to keep to ourselves. Most of us are keeping everything to ourselves. We don't want to say anything. I don't want to tell my friend I don't want to plan her baby shower. I don't want to be a part of the bridal party. Um, when sometimes we can't afford it, sometimes we don't have the capacity to help. Sometimes we are not in the head space to appropriately show up and be there for people. And those are really important things. It's really funny that I see people jumping in to help people and they seem like the people that need the help. I'm like, oh, wait, are you here to help? You seem disheveled yourself. I didn't know that you you were the helper. I don't think you're in a space to help. We have to be in a space of wellness. I think about how we are helping from this like deficit sort of space when really we need to help from a space of ability, not just desire, but ability. That is really important for your mental health because when we're not doing that, that's when we start to have the anxiety, the depression because people owe us favors or they won't do this for us or we've helped them and they won't help us. All of these sort of things, which are really boundary issues. I didn't know. I was like, we were going to talk about something else because, you know, we could talk about anything as therapists, but you know your shit. I love this. I mean, I've never conceptualized that. We can't help from a deficit. And it really is this combination of desire and ability. We may have just that desire, but if we don't have the ability or we're burnt out or whatever, there's going to be a negative impact from that. So. I would love to understand how do we build ability or how do we build desire, right? Because that seems like a good foundation for boundaries. Am I missing something there? Is that, are we onto it? The desire is mostly natural. As humans, we want to help. I mean, you could pull up YouTube videos of a lion and a baby cub in the in the jungle, right? And that, that lion is going to be like, oh my gosh, here's a cub. Come on, come on. It could be a baby deer and the lion would help. Oh my gosh, it's a little baby deer. <laughs> you know, it's like, we have that desire. Ability is, do you have enough legs to carry him, lion? Do you have, like, all of those sort of things are important as well. If I am struggling, maybe my idea of help needs to change. It may not be um, showing up for you physically. Maybe it is showing up for you mentally. Because what I hear about is I did this for this person and they don't appreciate it. And I often wonder, hmm, are we looking for some grand show of gratitude because we have stretched ourselves to be able to help this person when we actually couldn't afford to and we were only doing it or a huge part of us doing it was to have this like, they're going to be so excited I helped them. I really couldn't do it, but I stretched myself. You know, we have to be careful around how, when, um, and what our help looks like. Conceptualizing ability outside of, hey, you helped me move doesn't mean I necessarily have to help you move the next day, which I think all of us would be like, that's the trade off. Maybe there's an emotional support or you help somebody out, you know, financially or or physically if you can, but it doesn't always have to be this, this for that exact exchange. There's other ways to show up with ability. Absolutely. Um, There are people who may help you financially, but you don't have to pay it back. You know, I think of like so many opportunities we have. I've had strangers be kind. I can, let me get your address. Let me figure out a way to help you back. It's like, they were just being kind. 
Mm. And that's it. That's, you know, that's it. I don't have to do anything to repay them. There is no 50-50 for everything. Some things just need to happen. I remember before I had kids, I babysat all the time. My little cousins and, you know, now they're older and I don't have this expectation of, hey, you better come babysit for me. I've been waiting 15 years to get you. <laughs> hey, back. Hey, back. Uh, and I, I mean, this, we could go really deep into this. I mean, you started talking about this with like, right, we're nervous to set boundaries because how are people going to feel about those boundaries? How are they going to feel about us? But also sometimes we got to say no, or sometimes we can't show up or it has to be different in a way. I mean, really, bought, like, how do we navigate that? We want to maintain relationships. We're going to let people down. Maybe we don't meet their expectation, but we're honoring our lack of ability or bandwidth or whatever. Maybe they get upset. Like, how, what's this nuance here? We want to show up. We can work on our ability. Maybe people are going to be upset. Like, how do we work through this and not let that, like, stop us from setting boundaries or just freaking avoiding relationships? We think about how it will impact us not to set the boundary. That's where the mental health comes into boundaries. And that's something I talk about in the book that I think is new and different when you think about boundaries, because we don't talk about boundaries as a therapeutic concept. But many therapists see clients who have family issues, relationship issues with their partners, friends, co-workers, because there is a lack of boundaries in the relationship. There's a lack of um, willingness to say no or to let someone know your capacity. And it starts to cause a lot of, you know, issues mentally. You start to be depressed. You don't want to go around people. You're withdrawn. You're, you become anxious when you have to interact with certain people. You're burnt out, frustrated, overwhelmed. All of these things that are diagnosable. <laughs> I mean, really, we are now giving, you know, to some extent, like, is this a boundary issue? Like, is this an environmental issue or is this a biological issue? Is there something that we can do holistically to help you deal with this issue without you saying, oh my gosh, I I need to do, it's like, you know, this, this sounds like a difficult relationship. What can we do about that? That's not a biological issue. That is an environmental issue. I mean, you're breaking it down pretty clear. Like, a lot of these symptoms could be just environmental, relationally triggered. And Mm -hmm. if we figure out how to communicate that and protect ourselves with self-care and meet our needs, um, that we could have some relief from anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's not what we're hearing at the doctor. Not at all. We are, I've talked to so many clients who say, I went to this other therapist and they told me to meditate to, you can't meditate a bad relationship away. You just can't. (laughs) There aren't enough breaths to get rid of a bad friend. (laughs) You you can't deep breathe enough to get out of this bad job. You know, it's like, I I think these strategies are amazing, (laughs) but there are some things where it's like, we're not, we're not getting to the issue because I understand those techniques. They don't necessarily apply to this situation. 
I don't want to. I don't want you to have to breathe for two hours before you talk to your mom. Mm. <laughs> that's not. That's not you. That's not anything that's sustainable. If you have to turn into a monk for a week before a visit with your, you know, with your sister or cousin, it's like I, I don't know if I should, you know, continue to teach you that. You know, just just do this, just do that. There are spaces for meditation. There are spaces for um, shifting, you know, the way you think about something. But sometimes there's nothing wrong with our thinking and we don't need to shift it. We need to get out of some situations. It's like, nah, you think it's bad. It really is. (laughs) It's like, we don't need to reframe it. (laughs) My mouth, I keep like, my jaw keeps dropping. So I'm like, oh yeah, no shit. How come I've never thought of that? Like, you're just saying it so plain because you understand this so well, right? Like, yeah, meditation's great, but that's not going to fix your like passive aggressive mom. That communication piece or confronting people at the holidays. I mean, you keep bringing that up, but I'm like, oh yeah, like isn't that the boiling point? Like we're all back in our like fucked up family of origin dysfunction, and we have to show up yeah. in our new way or our more you know our therapized way. Meditation doesn't do it. That might help us get in a headspace to really stick to our boundaries, but. You're talking about the real work of saying no, expressing your limits, all that. How do we freaking do that, right? Like, what's your what's your um, approach? Thanksgiving, Christmas, we see family. How do we stick to our new values and the boundaries we're learning in therapy when our family's still in the same old song and dance? Well, don't say my therapist said. Please don't say my therapist said because now people can Google me and I don't want any hate. You see my daughter and you told her. I'm like, I what? <laughs> don't say my therapist said. Don't do that. But I, I think a thing we can do is start small. When we learn new stuff, we have a tendency as humans to become religious about whatever it is. It could be alkaline water. It could be... Um, you know, non-toxic fingernail polish. And we will, You are you not using non-toxic fingernail polish? I mean, we just go, 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 go. It is, you know, it's what we do. We're excited about it. It's the same way with boundaries. Please take it slowly. Please don't set 100 boundaries in 100 days. It's not a challenge. Just... <laughs> Please make that a social media post. Of yes, yes. Please don't do that. If you can do, you know, one or two things different, that will change your life. If you can master those two and then add another one, that will be amazing. But I don't want you to take on so much that you become discouraged because none of these 72 things are working. It's like, whoa. So lots of times with clients, I will say we we will practice one thing and we will do it well. And then we will add something else. It's like a dance routine. You see this toe tap? We're going to do this 5,000 times. And then we'll add a little kick, toe tap, kick, toe tap, kick. That's all we're doing. (laughs) We will do that as long as we need to. And we will stay here. We will not throw in all of this stuff. Okay. And tell this person that and do this and go... No, that's too much. We need to master one thing. The one thing could be the next time your mom says something to you about your weight, what will you say? Mm. I will say this. Okay. Then we wait for mom to say, what did you say? Why well, I didn't have a courage. Okay. So we're back. To, we, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're still there. 
So let's stay there. We're not going to, you know, okay, well, you didn't do it this time, but let's add something else. No, we need to get you to do this one thing that you say is really important. What was the barrier for doing this thing? Why do you think it was hard to say it? Do you think you'll have the courage to say it next time? You know, no biggie if you don't. But when you don't say it, I want you to just journal about what that feels like. So it's a it's a whole process. It's not, okay, week one. Here is, <laughs> there is no protocol like that. I think therapy is so open. It is really a conversation. Really, it's a one one-sided conversation. <laughs> it is, it is your time to talk about whatever. And in talking, we typically come up with answers. We typically think about, ah, you know what? Now that I'm saying that out loud, I think I should have done this this way. And it's like, yep, yep, that sounds good. Nadra, you're cool as hell, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, you're a great teacher. And I think you're illuminating some really important psychoeducation about boundaries and busting up myths just by like this, the reality of it. Like, okay, you didn't have the courage to set at that time. Like, why not? That we, I think we perfectionist, like, we perfectionize, made that up boundaries of like, it has to be this rigid protocol based thing. And you're, the reality is it's relationships are messy. You may set it, you might mess up. You may not set it. There may be conflict, but you're like, you keep trying and you look back on yourself. And I think that's beautiful. One thing I did when I was getting in recovery from an eating disorder, my family was heavy into dieting and year after year, after year, after year, 13 years, 13 Thanksgivings, every Thanksgiving was the same thing. They comment on my body and I'm like, Hey, remember? I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't feel safe when you make comments about my body. And I had my therapist say, why don't you just avoid your family and cut them off? Your therapist said that. My therapist said that. I found a different therapist, right? Like we're not all, oh. we're not always doing it. But I, at the time said, well, you know what? I want to preserve these relationships. I don't think cutting them off is always the answer or the boundary. Well, I'm happy you had the courage to say that. And, oh, that's a hard thing to tell someone. You know, sometimes therapists project their own shit. So I want to bring yeah. this up because I think we could have a nuanced talk or at least illuminate like cutting people off if we fuck up boundaries is like a, a myth or a misunderstanding around what boundaries are all about, right? That you get to navigate these relationships the way you want. If you don't set it, if you don't have the courage, you try again, you mess up, that you're allowed to keep at it, that sometimes it's a long haul. Um, what would you say to people like me who are like struggling and people aren't following those boundaries or maybe they believe... Boundaries mean you have to cut people off. How do we how do we kind of soften this and make it gentle and more realistic? I want to go back to what you said about this process of taking 13 years to make that change. One thing that I see is that people dis get discouraged when they don't make the changes quick enough and they will drop out of therapy to not be accountable. And so I am very clear, like these are your goals. If you want to change them, you can. You don't have to leave a relationship. You don't have to be tired. You don't have what, whatever you want to do. If you want to come in this week and talk about the real housewives of Potomac, you can. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is your time. You know, so I say, what would you like to talk about today? Now, I may be thinking about what happened last time, but I want you to start with what you want to talk about. If you don't bring it up, I won't bring it up. Sometimes I might throw in, 
do you have an update on this? And if you gloss over it, I feel like you're not ready to go there. And people have to be ready to change. And so I have had clients, it will take years before they decide to do something different. I am not there to tell you, you need to do it now. When are you going to? No, no, no. I'm not a fit. I, you know, I'm not like a personal trainer. You don't need to do five more. <laughs> five, five more. Like, I'm, I'm not going to yell at you. It's like, OK, I, I'm a human being. I understand how hard it is to change stuff. Yeah. It's hard, especially with your family. So if if we have to sit here for six years and then you say, hey, I told my family so and so. Great. I am. I, you have your own timeline. I cannot determine that for you. And I won't hold it against you because I know it is hard to say things because I've had to say things. I have seen people have consequences for saying certain things. So there is no pressure for me because you will say it when you feel comfortable. And that's the best time to say it. Yeah, that's the best time to say it. You mentioned um, something about, gosh, I forgot. I, I went on a tangent. I'm trying to see what was your question. We're talking about setting boundaries, sticking with it. You don't have to drop relationships. Me disagreeing with my therapist. Oh, yes. Cutting people off. Cutting people off. I told someone I was writing a book about boundaries and they said, you're writing a book about cutting people off. I said, no, I'm not writing a book about cutting people off. I think I have maybe I don't even know if it's a full page about cutting people off. Not even a full, maybe, I don't know. I had to go back and read my own book, but it's, it's not a significant portion about cutting people off. Most of us don't cut people off because they violate our boundaries. Most of us are trying to figure out how to operate in these relationships. Cutting someone off is a boundary and it can be a healthy boundary, but it is not my job to tell you when to leave a relationship. The only time, and I still don't tell people to leave the relationship, but the only time where I get concerned is where there's physical abuse. And I will say, do you feel safe? Let's talk about a plan if. I, I don't say, he, they'll never change. They hit you. <laughs> but let's talk about a plan for when you're feeling unsafe. Where can you go? Who can we call? You do need to physically leave if there's a physical altercation. I can't say whether you return or not. Those are not my decisions to make. So cutting people off, I do support it, but I support you staying as well. <laughs> so it's it's hard to say to someone, you need to cut them off because that is a decision that you have to be ready for and ready to deal with. Yeah. Doing something just because your therapist tells you to would be wild. It would have to be integrated and value aligned. You're not going to stick with it anyway. So you're here to that. And let's bust that myth for good. Boundaries are not synonymous with cutting people off. It is one small piece of the pie of a consequence of a boundary violation. And usually it's kind of the last line after okay. people have exhausted all these other options. Right. But I mean, there's just having the conversation again, that's a boundary consequence. You violate my boundary. I'm going to remind you, Hey, remember, or I'm going to educate you. Or I'm going to send you this podcast. We're going to have a conversation. I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to take a break. Like how many other things can we do? So thank you for sharing that. I think that myth is a big, hurdle for us to like get on board with boundaries. 
Yeah, I've received some DMs like, you told my daughter to cut me off. I don't know your daughter. Um, <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. And I don't know your daughter. <laughs> so I didn't tell it. That is a decision that that person made. Yeah. <laughs> now, I may say you might want to consider <laughs> Leaving a relationship if I may say, but those are things that are typically like the things that lead to mental health issues, the emotional abuse, the physical abuse, the sexual abuse. Those are times where you may want to consider leaving a relationship. I didn't say leave it, (laughs) but just think about it. Putting the power in their hands. I think our last topic should be like boundaries and social media. We're both therapists who market on social media. We have followings. Mm-hmm. There's all, and I mean, I love what you've said in your book about this, but share for the folks who haven't dove into that yet. How the fuck are we supposed to be okay with social media as part of our lives? How do we set boundaries with this 24 seven stimulation, unsolicited feedback, criticism, all of that stuff. Teach us. There is no going back. There will be no time machine to teleport us to 1992 with baggy jeans and no social media. It won't happen. How do we exist with the modes of communication that are available to us? We do what we've always done. We adjust. What does that look like? How often do you want to use it? Um, How many friends do you want to have? Who do you need to unfollow? Um, What conversations do you engage in or you don't engage in? Do you want to use social media Monday through Friday, but not on Saturday and Sunday? Is there a cutoff time for you? One thing that's really helpful for me is leaving my phone in a space, like maybe in my, my home office, and then I'll, you know, go engage with my family. And when I'm done with that, I will go back to my phone. Also having that timer on social media, it, it can be really helpful. So, I struggle with, so I know that social media has these things that make us want to engage. It really is like, ping, ping, ping. what did they say? What did they do? Like it is, It is pulling us to want to be a part of it. And I don't know if we ever outgrow wanting to be a part of the cool kids or the the in crowd. And when people really make a decision to be like, I don't use it. I'm like, really? You know, you don't use anything. I was that person for a while and people thought I was very strange. Like, you don't use, I'm like, No. And even now, my social media usage is professional. I went on my personal Instagram, which I had not been on in like a year, and I certainly haven't posted on it in years. Um, I went on there because I was looking for something. I saw that a a friend got married, had a baby. I was like, oh, wow. Hmm. I'm completely missing out. (laughs) (laughs) And to some extent, I'm okay with it because I really feel like, well, she could have texted me, I guess, you know. Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm not attached to relationships in that in that space. Some people are. I prefer people. I'm very old school. Email me, text me, call me, preferably call me if you really have something to say, because if you send me a textbook uh, looking text message, I won't even read it. I will call you and say, hey, you said a lot. What's up? (laughs) 
send me a voice note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I didn't know we was reading books today. I'm trying to watch a TV show and you just text me uh, Genesis. <laughs> I would have blocked their number if they text me Genesis, to be honest. <laughs> No, I'm joking, but you know, some of these, some of these text messages, I'm like, this requires a conversation. <laughs> well, you are so clear on your boundaries and I'm like in awe because it's really aligned with you. You're like, this is who I am. This is what I prefer. And you're not breaking that just to kind of go with, you know, the majority or like what it seemingly most people might be doing. And that's inspiring. Like it's a personalized journey. You don't want that. So you don't play. And even now I am on Instagram. I have a million plus followers. My friends text me stuff. I don't even follow them on the the app. They text me things because they're like, I know you won't see this. You're exactly right. And I'm not going to have this long conversation with you on Instagram because that is like work life. (laughs) So if if you want to talk to me, call me. We friends. Permission. You, you are so good at this. No wonder you wrote a book on boundaries. How do people find it? Well, the book is available in most places that books are sold. Please pick it up at your local bookstore. And, you know, if you want to follow me, learn more about me, I am most present on Instagram. And we'll drop all this in the show notes so you can get a direct link to Nedra's book and find her on Instagram. Um, any other projects you got going on or anything we can learn about you that's coming up? I have a class with Skillshare and the class is about goal setting. One of the things that I found is at the beginning of the year, we are like, yes, I have goals. I have goals. And by February, March, we are definitely not fulfilling our goals anymore. And the reason that happens is because one of the biggest reasons I see we do what we think we should be doing, right? Whether that is, I should exercise more. I should do this or so-and-so is doing this. I should now journal every day. And it's like, what do you actually want to do? What is reasonable for you to do? Perhaps you do want to exercise more. Do you have to have one hour workouts? Can you do it for 20 minutes? Does it look like dancing or do you have to go for a run? Like really coming up with goals that you can stick to because we can all have goals and we can have things that actually happen. So I have that class with Skillshare and that's about it for now. Amazing. We'll drop all this so folks can follow you. Thank you for your, just your relatability, your realness. You're easy to talk to. You're a good teacher. You know, I'm so grateful to meet other clinicians who just aren't stuffy and who like you're human. That's the first thing you said. And I mean, we need that. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for taking your time with me today. You're welcome. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.
Thanks for listening to the Therapy Thoughts podcast. But remember, this podcast is not therapy. This is for general informational purposes only. The information on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. This also isn't intended to be financial, legal, medical, or therapeutic advice. Make sure you're always working with your own personal licensed mental health counselor. May you be well.